0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the wholehearted healer. Um, this is Dr. Avian Banish. I'm your host, and I'm really excited today to welcome Melissa Stockwell. um, as my guest, I had the pleasure of hearing Melissa speak, um, with my daughter at a national charity league event, um, last spring, and there wasn't a dry eye in the house. This woman is a powerhouse and, um, a real example to me of someone who is living wholeheartedly. And so just a little bit about Melissa. She is a war veteran who received the Purple Heart and the Bronze Star. She is a three-time para-Olympian para and a bronze medalist. She is a para-triathlon national and world champion. She is a tri triathlon coach and the co-founder of Dare to Try. She is also the mother of two adorable children and a businesswoman. She is a prosthetist and um, has that business here in Colorado Springs. We share a hometown right now. So Melissa, welcome. Thank you for making the time. Thank you.
1: Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: And so I wonder if just to get started, um, you could share a little bit about your story and background with those who may not have read your amazing book, The Power of Choice.
1: Sure. Yes. So I, um, so I like to say that I was born a Patriot. So loved our country from a very young age, just kind of realized how lucky we are to live in the country that we do always wanted to be in the military and wear the uniform and give back and made that a reality. When I did um, ROTC and college at the university of Colorado in Boulder, I graduated and was commissioned as an army officer in 2002 I was then deployed in 2004 over to Iraq as part of Operation Iraqi Freedom. And uh, to make what could be a pretty long story, pretty short, after three weeks in Iraq, I was on a routine convoy just through central Baghdad. And the vehicle I was in was struck by a roadside bomb, which ultimately resulted in the loss of my left leg above the knee, uh, which is where I stand today.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty, um, a pretty challenging um, life circumstance. And what's really amazing to me is, you know, many people having, you know, been given that experience in life, right? We have choices. Your your book is named The Power of Choice. And what I find really remarkable about your story is what you decided to do with that life circumstance. And so can you just talk a little bit about The decision, and maybe it wasn't just a single decision, I'm sure it's the decision you make every day of your life, but um, like a moment of choice that you had in terms of how you were going to deal with that, and you were how old? You were young. Yeah, so I
1: was 24 24. when I, yeah, so it was 2004, and yeah, you're right, you know, so I, after I lost my leg, I went from Baghdad, Iraq to Walter Reed Army Medical Center, which at the time was in... Washington, D.C. And it was where all the wounded soldiers went from Iraq and Afghanistan. And when I looked around, I saw soldiers who were missing multiple limbs, two, three, four limbs. They had lost their eyesight. They had traumatic brain injuries. And I looked to myself and I thought, like, I, I'm the lucky one. I mean, here I am surrounded by all of these soldiers who have lost so much more than I have. So I had only lost one leg. I had three good limbs. and my mind, my eyesight, not to mention my life because too many continue to give and give that ultimate sacrifice. So really making that conscious choice, like not to let losing a leg stop me from doing what I wanted to do in my own life and wanting to live my
0: life for those
1: who, who no longer could.
0: Amazing. And can you then talk about, you strike me as someone who I'm pretty sure from the moment you were born, you, you're an optimist. Like my sense is that you have this well of energy that other people probably marvel at who meet you. Um, But can you talk about optimism and how it may, you know, it's always a choice, right? We may have a natural inclination to see the world as half full or half empty in terms of a glass, but, um, this motivation that you've had to kind of push yourself to the limit physically and mentally in, um, triathlon and, and I now saw that you're training for the Boston marathon next month. And so can you just speak to that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I can. You, you're right. So, you know, we have a choice in life and every morning when we wake up, we have a choice. And I'm not saying that my days are all perfect and, you know, unicorns and rainbows. I mean, that that's not the case. But yep. I think after going through something, you know, traumatic, like losing a limb, you do have this notion of how good you have it, because I know how close I was to, to not having it. So it's almost like you have that perspective a little bit. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying I don't complain about things. I mean, I it's all relative, right? And I have my bad days for sure. I complain about the little things. But at the end of the day, I think I'm able to kind of look at the big picture and think about like the little things that we often forget about, you know, a warm bed at night, food on the table, um, like a roof over our head, like things that we often take for granted. But when you kind of sit down and think about those things, like we're all truly lucky to live the lives that we do. We are also ingrained to think about those negative parts. Like you lay down at night and you think about all the bad things that happened that day or what's going wrong in the world, you turn on the news and, you know, it's all these things that are going wrong, but there's also so many things that are going good in your own life, in the world.
0: And it just kind of, you have to like dig a little deeper to find them, but, but they're there. Absolutely. And, um, you know, you have two school age kids, right? How old are they? They are four and seven. Four so and seven. preschool and kindergarten, or first grade, geez, first grade, such a sweet age. Oh my goodness. I love, I love that age, those ages. I, I, I um, do. I do too. Yeah. And how, how do you bring all this perspective into your role as mother?
1: I, I I feel like I'm still trying to figure that out. I mean, obviously, I live the life the way that I do. Um, mm-hmm. you know, um so I kind of thought that they they thought that all moms only had one leg until they met another mom and they were like, wait a minute, you your mom has two legs. So to them, I'm just mommy, which I love. Like they didn't they they don't know any different. Like that's who I am, and they still are able to see me, you know, get out and live a very full life and have these big athletic dreams and uh like i i love that they see that mm-hmm. and i try to i try to and do the best i can to instill their own confidence in them you know if they're having a bad day and i'm like you need like i'm gonna give you a few minutes and then you need to stop being then then we're gonna go back to you know we're gonna put on a smile and we're gonna go about the rest of our day and sometimes my son will say i can't i can't and i'm like but you can't like, it's a choice. You can choose to do that. So, I mean, I, who knows if any of this resonates with them. They're so pretty young. So I don't know if anything I do or say actually means anything to them right now. My hope is that it will, um, you know, as they grow older and they see that just, you know, how fortunate that we all are and just hopefully just trying to instill the confidence that today, a good example is today, my son had this like poster he brought to school and he said, what if my, what if my friends don't like it? And I said, well, do you like it? And he said, yes. And I said, well, that's all that matters is that you like that you are confident in what you, in who you are and like what you bring in. So trying to say those kind of things again, though, I think time will tell if it actually like resonates with them. I
0: I hope it does. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I think our children more than listening to what we say, they watch what we do. And so I think your example day in and day out is certainly having an effect on them as it does, you know, I know you do a lot of speaking around the country, perhaps around the world. And, um, how do you counsel people, you know, because you've, you've been through the different stages and I'm sure sometimes it, I don't know, maybe it feels like a burden to have to feel like, um, you know, a constant cheerleader for people, but, um, your story (laughs) sort of, I think really inspires people. So what do you say to someone who? you know, is, is having one of their worst days, right? So you had your worst day. Um, yeah, that, One of your worst days, yeah. um, back in Iraq. And so, you know, I'm sure that was a, a process. And sometimes when we're through it, it's almost hard to remember how we got through it, but what advice right. do you have for someone who, I don't know, may, their marriage may be falling apart, you know, th- sure. things that are different, but the same may be happening.
1: Right. And uh, yeah, that's a good question because I think obviously like my vehicle had an actual roadside bomb, but we all have these almost metaphoric roadside bombs that happen in our own life. So COVID was one of them, things that come into our lives and we can't control. That could be, yeah, a divorce, you know, loss of a loved one, loss of of a pet, like things that we often can't control. So how do you get through those? And I think by having those down times it makes the good times even better. We all know by now that life is not this like you know perfect gradual upward, you know, it's not always, it's not always up. There are these peaks and these valleys. And in order to have the peaks, like you have to have those valleys. So I think my advice is that number one, it's it's okay to have a bad day or a bad week or a few bad months. Like that's okay. I know that somebody, you know, myself, someone else can get through it. And sometimes it takes longer than others, but I always say, you know, team or surrounding yourself with your team of people that care about you, that love you, that want you to succeed is, um, is key. Like finding those people that you can have to call Mm -hmm. and talk to when times are hard or to celebrate when, when, when life is good. And, So having a team of people finding the good in each day, because regardless of how bad your day is, I can guarantee there is one thing good about it. It could be the smallest thing, but there is something there that is good. So to try to focus on that and just knowing that we can get through hard times. And honestly, I think once you're through a hard time, like I've, you know, thankfully been able to overcome the loss of a leg and it's almost like when COVID happened two years ago, it's not like it was easy, but you almost look at it like, okay, I had a hard time before I got through it. I ended up okay on the other side. So therefore I know I can also get through this and we can do it together. So I think just admitting it's okay to have those down points, but knowing that you can get through it and sometimes you end up better on the other side.
0: Yeah. For lucky we do. And, um, you know, I I also want to talk about, you know, some of your highs. So we're recording this shortly after the um, Paralympic games um, had its closing ceremonies. And I just want to ask like, what is it like to be an Olympian to have that life experience? That's a very, very um, elite club to belong to. Right. Right.
1: Uh, Right. Um, Olympian. I mean, I'm a proud Paralympian and it's it's a club that is, I mean, it's its amazing. I mean, anyone who's part of it understands the hard work it takes to get there, the dedication, the sacrifice, and what it all takes to get to that moment and then to be there. And I mean, I'm a very proud patriot, as I mentioned earlier, and to be able to wear that Team USA uniform to represent something greater than myself um, you know sports truly brings the world together so regardless of what's happening in the world which way too much is right now but it it has a way of bringing the world together so being a part of that and just yeah it's this club of just you know knowing hard work sacrifice dedication and that it can pay off and just going and just like running with it and just loving that that kind of high in that enthusiasm, enthusiasm lasts as
0: long as it can. And hopefully
1: carry over into all other aspects of, of your life.
0: It's amazing. And, and that you have a bronze medal in your home must is a pretty cool thing too. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. And now you, um, you are on to your next thing you're set to conquer here is the marathon, correct? Coming up. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Correct. That's really exciting. How's training for that going?
1: You know, it's going good. Yeah. Boston is April 18th. Um, the last time I did a marathon was about 10 years ago. So I am actually training as I should for this one. I, um, kind of trained pretty poorly for, for the other one I did and I coming off of a a sprint distance triathlon background, which is what I still do, but you know, the run is 5k it's a 3.1 mile run. So it's fast and it's, you know, it's as fast as you can go. So being able to not so much worry about the speed and just get in the miles. I'm, I'm actually, I'm enjoying it much more than I thought I would. I, I mean, I have a 19 mile run on Thursday and I, and I'm just, I'm excited for it. I I like to push myself and just when I, when you're done, it's just such a sense of
0: satisfaction. That's amazing. Well, my brother will be running there too, along with I don't know how many thousands of other people. So I wish you right. <laughs> great success, good weather, all those good things. I know the weather is kind of the, the key. Hopefully it's good weather, yes. Absolutely. And um finally, I would just love to to ask you a little bit about um your prosthetist bu- business here in the springs. I have a dear friend yeah. who um a dear friend who lost her leg um to cancer when she was, um, in high school. And so uh-huh. I kind of know by proxy, just the real importance of a good prosthetist. And, um, you never, yeah. you know, unless you, I guess maybe know someone who's dealing with that. It's not something that perhaps the average person even thinks about all that much, but the, it seems like there's such an art form to it. Um, yep. can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. And you're right, like the field of
1: prosthetics, so making artificial limbs for other amputees, it's, I didn't even know it existed until I needed a leg of my own. And I don't think, unless you know somebody who is an amputee or it's in the family business or you're, you're an amputee yourself, you really have no idea that it even exists. There's no reason for you to know. I mean, who knew that in Colorado Springs that there are probably, you know, four to five, you know, prosthetic companies. So, yes, it's kind of this niche field, but it is so rewarding to let's say a new amputee comes in, they've just lost their leg to maybe cancer, trauma, wh- whatever it may be. They come in knowing they have no idea what their life is going to be like. Like, I mean, I, I remember myself, like you wonder, will you live a normal life? Will you be independent? So be able to, to be able to see a patient and show them like firsthand, like with, with what I'm able to do and like to kind of walk into their room as an amputee and shorts on and just kind of show them that, okay, like this is normal. Like it's not abnormal to to have this, but then to be able to, we we fit them for um, a socket, which is kind of the piece that attaches to the leg. We basically order out of a catalog, which seems a little bit crazy, but there's, there's catalogs of, of prosthetic knees and feet and it's all dependent on the patient's Lifestyle, what they want to do, insurance, and we assemble it, put it all together. We get them up on the parallel bars and are able to a lot of times watch them take their first steps after losing, losing, losing a leg. So it's extremely, extremely rewarding to watch that happen and to watch somebody, yeah, that they can eventually get back into their their everyday life as they want it to be. So, great profession. Um, my husband and I opened. Colesma Stockwell Prosthetics. That's my name and my last name, his his last name. My husband does um, prosthetics and orthotics. I just do prosthetics. So we see, we do prosthetic and orthotic work. We see pediatrics, um, a lot of athletes, but anybody in the community and just really proud of what we've built here and just how many people we have helped along
0: the way. Well, Melissa, I just want to thank you for just you being in the world, you know, it's really amazing to me that, um, a really, really tough experience you've transformed it. It's like the alchemist turning lead into gold. And it really seems like, um, that this path that, you know, you were sent on, um, you have truly made, not only made the best out of it for yourself, but for your children, for all those who hear your story Um, for those who are going through something similar. I mean, it's just, you really have, my whole um, idea with this podcast is to just show people, give examples of people who are living wholeheartedly, who are not, you know, you mentioned all that was going on in the world and who are not shutting down despite all that's going on in the world. And, And if anything, I mean, you're doing more. It, it feels like there are more hours in your day than most people have <laughs> with all that you're doing. So I just want to you know, say thank you, say that I see you, that I think so many people see you and um, just a, a, a real bow of gratitude to you.
1: Well, I appreciate it. And thank you for having me on and yeah, for just spreading kind of that word of positivity as I think we need it now more than
0: ever. So thank you. Thanks so much, Melissa. All right, bye-bye.